At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, let's welcome in Matt Meiselman. Nice enough to give us some time here today on this uh, early edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Uh, Matt, a fantastic handicapper up on Twitter. You can follow him there at Preaching Sense. It's the YouTube channel uh, as well. Matt, uh, I really appreciate the time, man. So before we begin... Uh, for our audience who, who might not know you, you've been on uh, VSIN a couple of times as well. Uh, but give us a little bit of a background uh, of yourself. Yeah, so I'm in New Jersey and it's been legal to bet on sports here for, I guess it's a little over four years now. Um, I was trying to bet, you know, in all the ways that are available to people um, outside of like state legalization before that. And I guess like, it was very difficult back then before it, everything was regulated. So in 2018, I was really just playing DFS mostly. Um, but then after sports betting got started, I sort of started wading into this whole thing. And I would say around the start of COVID, um, there were two things I had going on. I was working for DraftKings. So my job there was mostly centered around basketball content. And then because of all the COVID stuff, I was at home a lot. And I guess I just put a lot of time and effort into learning how NBA betting works. Um, I do baseball a little bit. Um, I do some football. I do some hockey. But basketball has really been like my strong suit as far as like being able to create my own stuff. So, yeah, I was kind of at DraftKings and I had started betting a little bit before then. And then just the whole wave of COVID and all the injuries, which is really my focus in NBA, it really just became clear that that was the thing where you could get an edge on the market is when you have an ability to predict player news before the sports books do. And some of that is reacting to news as it happens, but a lot of it is just like knowing in advance what might happen. Um, So I guess that's sort of like this strange combination of circumstances that brought me to this place, but that's really been my focus when it comes to NBA is just kind of predicting or reading the trends as far as who's going to be in or out tonight, and then just kind of going from there. So you, you hit on a couple of things that I, I wanted to seize on. First off, in terms of the background, you know, DFS, when it comes to the sport of basketball, right, where player uh, value is really such an important deal, uh, you, that I, th- I feel like a, of all the sports, I think a, a DFS background or starting in that area would help immensely in the sport of basketball, right, with these guys going in and out and knowing their value for a team. Yeah, the actual way that I think I got into paying attention to this, um, I was watching a lot of videos from, well, I guess it was formerly known as Osimo, and there was this guy, Eddie Fear. I also have a friend, Greg Ehrenberg, who works there. And guys like that would break down 
how to late swap off of news. And it sort of like opened my eyes to this idea that some people just have no idea how this new stuff is going to break, but there is actually an opportunity to know it better than everyone else does. So yeah, I think the DFS background, both playing it and then absorbing DFS content, yeah, I think it opened my eyes to something that most people who've been betting a long time are just not really aware of. I think now it's become more mainstream that like players are getting rest games all the time, but it's a somewhat recent phenomenon. And back in like 2018, 19, I think unless you were playing a lot of DFS, you really were not paying that close of attention to this. Yep. And, and so it, kind of along these lines, when we talk about uh, player movement when it comes to daily uh, injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody who is listening to this goes to Matt's Twitter account, mm-hmm. pre- again, preaching sense, uh, you'll see it throughout the day, right? As injury news comes down, uh, what your adjustments are in terms of the lines. And you hit on something that I think is, is obviously it's important, right? Trying to predict when it comes to this injury news when mm-hmm. it's coming out walk us through maybe something that you see. Cause for my, from my perspective, you can kind of get patterns for teams, right? The way obviously the obvious one is the way they act on uh back to back. So players with no rest, uh, how they view, I think, you know, I think it's uh Denver who kind of has shown at least on the second legs of back to backs, or if there's back to back scenarios, of course, we know they'll rest Jamal Murray, but they have put an emphasis on divisional opponents or Western conference opponents, as opposed to Eastern conference opponents. So you'll see sometimes uh, that split where you can kind of predict that when you talk about predicting injury news, is it about information or is it about knowing teams tendencies and what they're doing with player personnel so that you can get in front of some of these scenarios? It's a good question. I, th- I think it's definitely both. So on like the more global league wide basis, The thing that we care about, I guess, is the age of the player or the injury track record of the player. So even though Giannis is not old by any stretch, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So it's a guy who's like playing through something is going to be more likely to get rested on back-to-backs. So what I'm mostly looking at in the sense of what applies to every team is what is the player dealing with? How much did they play the night before? And then what is the travel situation? So for every team, rest is going to be less likely on a back-to-back if both games are at home. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that they don't have to travel versus having to travel is a huge deal. So that could be home to road. It could be road back to home. It could be an away game to another away game. Kind of doesn't matter. But if they're getting on a plane after the game, I I don't have like hard data on this, but in my estimation there's a significantly higher likelihood of a player sitting out if they have to travel from the previous night. So then the, so that's probably the number one variable. Then you've got minutes played. You've got, is the player kind of hurt? And maybe it's more likely that they just need time off. Um, And then there are more nuanced. Like, I think it can get a lot more nuanced, but um, without going too far down the rabbit hole, like if a team wins the night before, I think they're more likely to say, okay, we got one in the bag. Like we can take the game off the next day. And then the opponent is going to be a factor too. So um, if a team beat a divisional opponent, like you mentioned, but then the next night they're playing San Antonio, like that makes sense. They can beat that team depending who it is. Like, I guess Brooklyn can beat San Antonio without Durant. Like that's a game where it makes more sense to sit him or just the game matters less to them in terms of the standings, right? Cause the Spurs have no effect on the nets for the ste- for the season. So that's all the stuff I'm looking at on like a global level, but then individually it's like the warriors have a trend of sitting players on back-to-backs and 
they also will sit Draymond Green literally every time that they sit Steph Curry. They are treated as a like a package deal. So those those intricacies, I think you kind of just learn them over time. Um, those are the more difficult ones, though. I think the league-wide stuff is kind of easier for the average person to understand. And then these team-specific ones, it's taken me a couple of years to like understand all of them. Um, but unfortunately, like teams change every year, right? So it's not the same situation, even from month one to month four of the season. The rosters look a bit different. Um, but that is basically the overview of the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Well, and, and thought processes change too, right? Like I would say over the last couple of seasons, Steve Kerr and the Warriors have become uh, more prone to resting these guys because the injuries have started to pile up, right? From a couple of years back where Steph got hurt early on in that season, we see, we've seen the injury issues for Draymond. Obviously, you know what happened with Clay. It, it does seem that a team like the Warriors have evolved over the last couple of years where they have been more prone to do it and more prone, like situationally. Like Matt, there was one. It was um, it was right before a Pelicans game because they got them on the second leg of back to backs a couple of yep. times. But I've been surprised where like they took a beating on a road game and then went on and then went back and they only played like 28 minutes for Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And they still rested their guys on the second leg of a back to back in New Orleans, even after a really disappointing result where they didn't even have their guys in there in the fourth quarter. It seemed like a team like the Warriors have become more prone to this over the last couple of seasons uh, under Steve Curry. You think that is that a true statement? Yeah, I think it is. And I also think the way that they time these announcements has changed, too. So. I think the past philosophy might have been closer to like the global level thing that I laid out where it's just like, all right, this is the spot in the schedule where we're just going to say we're resting everyone. And they might have even just said it the night before. But now it's it sort of seems like um, maybe the analytics around what the training staff can can find out about have increased to the point where like they can tell they can use data to tell how tired players are so there might be some more of that and i think it's been a it's been far less common for the warriors for example to tell us the night before that players are going to be out yep. it kind of seems like what they do is they wake up they all wake up the next day and then they just gauge where they're at physically and if the players are a little bit off then they rest them so for a team like that the variables of like how far did they travel or did they win the night before that stuff may not matter as much for them. It may be, it may just be more about how do they feel when they wake up? And I think the warriors, like these players are getting older. They probably are tired more often than not when they're playing a back-to-back. So to your point, yeah, I do think this team is resting more on average, but I think the updates have become a lot more big. So it's been a little bit harder to time them and you do really have to kind of guess more of the time if they're going to be out or not. So, and th- and that leads me to like, a, look, that has been as somebody who covers the NBA for for Veasan and who you know who really enjoys the league. Uh, one of the things you always get pushback on is this, like this topic that we're talking about is you don't know when guys are going to play. Uh, the vagueness behind these guys' status. I mean, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks back um, because it's a game that I bet and it kind of stuck in my craw. It was irritating. I bet on a game in which Giannis was listed as probable, right? <laughs> like he yeah. was listed as probable. And then three hours before the game, Budenholzer comes out pregame. He's like, yeah, he's not going to play. Like, And this is where you talk about the timing of these announcements. It, it has been, it seems like this season more than others in the past. And maybe it's, we always say this, right? Because we're just in the moment. But it does seem like this season has been a lot more volatile when it comes to the vagueness of guys' injury status. Uh, a probable guy, as I mentioned, ended up not playing. Uh, dudes that are upgraded to questionable like Chris Paul a couple of nights back, but then ultimately not playing still. It, it does seem that this has been a more volatile year. Somebody who tracks this as much as you do, is that is that kind of true from what you've seen? Yeah, I don't know if it's more volatile than the last 
two to three years on the whole, but certainly in the last two or three years, yeah, the uncertainty around everything has gone way up. I think the propensity for guys resting with very minor injuries, this is the most of this I've ever seen. But last year and the year before, we had all these players entering health and safety protocols and coming out of them. So that was kind of a different wrinkle. So the volatility was extremely high from that in 2020 and 2021. Um, but this year, yes, in terms of just injuries, it seems so unpredictable some of the time. And the injury labels, honestly, like if 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 there's one gripe to have, it's that this mechanism that we have for labeling players in terms of if they're going to play or not, probable, questionable, doubtful, like these are such outdated names and they don't really mean anything. Like LeBron James and Anthony Edwards, the last two weeks have been listed questionable every game and have played every game. Um, So like for my spreadsheet that I put out, I'll list the players that I think are in doubt of playing. I'm now ignoring those injury designations for both of those guys. And then there are other players like Giannis, for example, where he's probable, but that actually feels closer to questionable. Um, And then there are other guys like, for example, today, while we're recording this, DeAndre Ayton has gone from out to doubtful. And I think DeAndre Ayton's playing. Like that doubtful tag is almost like it's not even remotely the correct word to describe him. So I think I agree with you that like the way that injuries are being described on injury reports, it, this is the weirdest season ever for how that works. Like it just, maybe these are just outdated terms and that's why it's so hard for us to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And it, so it leads me to this question too, then. So we see all the time in the market, right? The, the market will kind of like almost hedge its bets. It'll, it'll find a middle ground when a key player is listed as questionable and then it'll move in yeah. the direction uh, in which we see, right. You know, so uh, you mentioned the uh, Deandre Ayton type, which we can talk about him specifically. I saw you were tweeting about him um, uh, the other day in terms of his actual value, but he's a recognizable name. So we'll use this as an example. Uh, but if Deandre Ayton, you know, listed as doubtful, the market will obviously hedge much harder to the fact that he's not going to play. Uh, and then when he's officially ruled out, that'll move even more. And it's the same thing with questionable all the way until, you know, Hey, right. he's active and he's going to play. So it makes this interesting. Like my question would be is how do you handle this from an informational standpoint? Like for me, for example, today, the Chicago bulls are playing the Indiana Pacers. I was willing to eat a point because that opened up overnight minus one because I wanted to see the injury report for Chicago on the second leg of a back-to-back and make sure that nobody was missing that was worth any value. That is not the case. It goes to two. I laid two. Are you, do you do that? Will you sit there and eat a point for certainty when it comes to availability of guys? Yeah, I will. I mean, it depends on the player and it it kind of depends on everything, but there are certain cases where the player in question is too important to make any bet beforehand. So like Nikola Jokic as the most extreme example. And honestly, I think he's worth more. I think he's three more points in value to the spread compared to Luca, who I would have as the second most important player because Jokic's backup is Deandre Jordan (laughs) and the drop off there is just enormous. So to give context for that, like last year, I thought Embiid was worth like eight points to the spread. This year, I think Embiid is worth four and a half points to the spread. And the, and Embiid is the exact same player he was last year, but he has a better backup now. So given that around someone like Jokic, there's almost no way to bet a Denver game if he's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Like tonight's game is pick them. One of these two teams, either the Pelicans or the Nuggets, is going to be favored by at least three when this game starts. And it could be significantly more than that because he's just so important. So if you have a case like that, you 
you're setting yourself up for so much downside if you if you bet too early. Um, but in a case like Chicago or the DeAndre Ayton example, where you're really just weighing, do I want to take a little bit of downside for maybe significant upside? Yeah, I will do that. There are definitely cases where like, I'll make a bet before I'm sure if a player is going to be in or out, but only if one, I'm confident enough that the player is closer to the estimation, I think. So like I'm 80% sure he'll be in or I'm 80% sure he'll be out or just the player is not so important that if I get it wrong, I automatically lose. So like Jokic is that important. If you bet on Denver and he doesn't play, right. you're basically never going to win. But like Brandon Ingram is not nearly that level. You can you can still win a New Orleans bet even if he's out. So it really just depends on the player more than anything. So you brought up Ingram, so that's a that's a really good question too. Uh, for somebody who, again, in, in your you know in your realm, when you're so player based in terms of your evaluation of these teams and mm-hmm. plugging them in and everything, how do you handle guys coming off of long layoffs like that? Yeah, I so the way that I am doing my NBA model, which honestly, like I can call it mine, it's sort of mine. I'm deriving a lot of it from 538. So they have this rating system called Raptor Ratings, and that's essentially what I'm using as my baseline. Um, but within the spreadsheet that I make, and it's it's available through my Twitter account. You can see it like in my bio or it's pinned as like my top tweet. Um, I have a section in there for manually adjusting the team. And one of the main reasons that I'll do that is if I think that a player who is impactful on that team is not his normal self. So Ingram, I don't know. That's a hard call. Like, I don't have enough information to really say, like, is Ingram just going to be worse? Maybe he'll be rusty or maybe he's playing hurt. Um, but for someone, let's let's say, like, Fred Van Vliet, who literally went on J.J. Reddick's podcast and said, yeah, I'm playing injured this season and his production has been a little lower. I'm very comfortable, like, lowering the Raptors team rating manually as a response to that, because I just don't think there are sufficient analytics to account for that kind of thing. I think like some manual work behind it is better than trusting a computer model for something like that. And also Van Vliet may, he may just be healthier later in the year. So Mm -hmm. it's going to change over time. And I'd rather have the manual input for a guy like that. Um, So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I I guess to conclude that point, it's, it's more like, I want more concrete information if, if that makes sense. All right, we'll take our break here, and when we come back, Matt Meiselman will stick around, and we'll have more on player ratings, how to evaluate a lot of these teams that have pieces missing, and what to do with teams like the Phoenix Suns, who have been really down this year, but a lot of that due to player absence, and could they be much better than the market is giving them credit for when it comes to the probability of winning the Western Conference? That's next here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. 
with over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations. Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. So like uh, yesterday, that Pistons-Bucks game, right? Uh, I, yeah. I had made the total uh, about like 231 or so, uh, right? I talked to some people who made it under to just under 230. I was accounting sure. for, hey, you know, Giannis and Chris, they're back. They're better defensively, but how effective are they going to be, especially Middleton after a long layoff? They drop 150 points on the Pistons, right? right. Like everybody reacts differently, and I think that's a little bit of the challenge too when it comes to assessing what guys' impacts are going to be after those long layoffs. Yeah, I do think in times of uncertainty – it's the boring answer, but scaling back bet sizes probably is your best move. Yeah. Like no one wants to hear that. It's like, yeah, my model says it's good, but there's this quirk here about like a long layoff where I'm less sure. And you like betting less always just feels like the boring answer. But I think when you're dealing with a situation like that, there's just so much that's unpredictable. Um, you could make the opposite argument and say like, okay, I'll just bet alternate lines then for disproportionate payoffs because of the uncertainty. And maybe that's one way to play it, but for minus one ten bets, like I want to feel confident that the team is valued the way that I think they're valued. And a guy who's coming back after not playing for a really long time, it adds a little more uncertainty. So I wanted to throw, uh, get your thoughts on, as we're talking about this topic, I, I want to get your thoughts on some individual players and your thoughts on them and sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What their impact is for some of these teams, and and I look, he's not. I say this in jest, but uh, arguably maybe the most valuable player, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. The Indiana Pacers have fallen completely off of the cliff since Halliburton uh, has left with injury. Here, uh, how much like do you have Halliburton worth to a spread? And do you? And the second part of that question is, do you upgrade a guy's worth as you see a team maybe uh, be worse off without him than you expected once the injury actually went down? So there, there's a couple important points to this question. For for starters, the 538 player ratings, the Raptor ratings will update over time. Like they yeah. are rerun, I think, every day or two. So if a player is starting to perform better or worse, that will be accounted for. Um, as far as like, does the team on a macro level change fundamentally because you take a guy off? Because I'm basically adding the value of players together. Mm -hmm. But you could argue, and I think this is sort of what you're getting at, that the team the, the team dynamic is changing by so much without him that maybe he's worth more than I think. Um, so I think 
to the Halliburton example, I've got him worth something like three to four points. And clearly the results have been more extreme than that. They haven't won any games without him. Uh, part of that is TJ McConnell rates pretty well as a backup, and he doesn't play a lot of minutes when Halliburton's healthy. And I don't think McConnell's play has been the reason that they're losing. Uh, they have had some games where they just can't defend and defense isn't even the thing that Halliburton is good at. So I think this is kind of small sample size. Like I actually am shading towards the Pacers tonight. Like I'm not really buying into the losing streak. And I think my strongest validation for this type of analysis from this season is the Brooklyn Nets where Durant went out and the numbers that I have were showing value on Brooklyn for a few games and it did not go well when Durant first was not playing, but then they went into Utah and into golden state and won back-to-back games where they were seven, maybe six and a half and seven and a half point underdogs. And I had heard the argument like, yeah, maybe the Nets are just going to like give up psychologically because they don't have Durant. Their leader is gone. Uh, Kyrie can't handle that burden. There were all these narratives and I just tend to ignore those. So I think sticking with the numbers worked out just fine with Brooklyn. I don't know if the same is going to happen for Indiana, but I do think in general over time to like read too much into the, the poor play right off of an injury is kind of foolish, especially because the team will start to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Pacers are trying to win. It's not, you know, we can get into if the quirks of going for Wembenyama are, are relevant, but for Indiana, it's not at the moment. So I think the Pacers are pretty bad without Halliburton, but they still, you know, they're not a basement of the league team. They're a below average team without him. Uh, What about a guy like uh, Devin Booker? And and generally um, these rash of injuries that the Phoenix Suns uh, have experienced, right? Because it does create this instance where, you know, you as somebody who models the way that you do, uh, you kind of, you have a sense of how good the Suns are when they are complete, but the market responds to poor play. You know, so a two-part right. question, right? The impact of Devin Booker and how much does he add to Phoenix once they're fully whole? Like, is this a team where futures betters might want to look at them, you know, big picture, whether it's division, whether it is, uh, and you know, Western Conference. Uh, once this team is fully healthy and ready to go, how much better are they really? Yeah, the Suns are a really interesting case because they've had so many injuries. So I think Booker can be worth anywhere from three points to six points, given who else is available, because... If Chris Paul and Cameron Payne are playing, they are the ones taking a lot of the missing usage from Booker. But if you have a context where one or both of those guys are out, then like Saban Lee, who they just signed from the G League, is playing. Or Dwayne Washington, who is a pretty below average player. So context dependent, it matters who the backup is. So I think like Payne is out right now. Booker coming back is going to really, really help because he can take over all the minutes that Saban Lee and Dwayne Washington are playing. Um, So I think in this context, he could even be worth six points right now. Uh, Minutes limits, you know, it can, it can vary a bit, but yeah, I think there is a lot of upside for Phoenix because one, they're going to get healthier Uh, Two, It seems like they're going to get something for Jay Crowder. So they have a positive player on their team who has been inactive the entire season. And if they replace him with an equivalent player, Um, And then they bring Booker back and then Payne comes back. Uh, Then Landry Shamit comes back. This is, this is a team that I think is as good as anyone in the NBA at full strength. So Pacific division, they're like three or four to one right now. The problem is the Kings are like four games or five games up on them, but I think they're a significantly better team than the Kings once they get healthy. So 
I'm not making super strong recommendations to bet the Suns for the division, but if Monty Williams gives us an update on Booker in the next couple of days, like, hey, he's only four or five days away from returning, then I'm going to get really, really interested in that. Then, of course, we have the trade deadline coming up. So there's a lot of upside for Phoenix. I'll kind of just leave it at that. Yep. The other player that I'm really interested in your thoughts in, because this is the angle uh, that I've been following since he went down. This is just only a few days old. Uh, Mitchell Robinson for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. We've seen now over the last couple of games, their defense has not been very good. If you look at the season-long numbers, right, uh, with Jericho Sims at center or Isaiah Hartenstein, it has not been the same defensively. Uh, Sims specifically, and he's been getting the starting role since Robinson's gone down. Their defense is a little bit worse. So from a totals standpoint, because we talked a lot about this from player impact inside, uh, a guy like Robinson, his value to a team like New York and what they do defensively because playing these Knicks games over uh, without him out there, I think has been the angle for me in the market again here today, going from 219 to some spots, 220 and a half. Yeah, Robinson is definitely a very underrated player in general. And I think you're you're right that his impact on totals is pretty substantial. So Hardenstein and Sims are worse defensively. That's part of this. But then you also potentially have lineups where Randall is playing center. And that might be the thing that goes overlooked when you talk about a center and their impact on totals. So I think Robinson to the spread, two or three point impact. Sims is a lot worse. But to a total he could move a total five or six points if the game runs small and then Randall is the center because that lineup is going to be very poor defensively, um, even though the Knicks do have good perimeter defenders. Uh, and the game, the pace of the game is likely to be faster if Randall is the center too. So um, it kind of depends who the Knicks are playing, but you know we had a Knicks-Hawks game recently, for example, and I did have on our show that we did that day recommendations to bet the over uh, part of that had to do with Trey Young because he was upgraded during the day. But the other part of it was there's a likelihood that Randall and John Collins are playing small ball five against each other for a lot of the game. And I think it happened for a little bit less of the game than I anticipated, but it is a thing. So keeping an eye on like what the rotation change might be, and if a power forward is moving into the center spot, that does tend to have a pretty big impact on game totals. Yeah, and, and for me, the uh, the uh, the big play for me was the Raptors Knicks game over, and of course, a, a Raptors sure. team who loves to get up and down the floor and plays the transition and whatnot. It did really impact uh, the game, and that flew over the total. So we'll see if that's going to be the case here. All right, the big one, of course, and uh, we're, again, we're talking uh, with our guest here on Hardwood Handicappers. You can follow him on Twitter at Preaching Sense. Matt Meiselman uh, is the name. Um, We'll just say it. How good when Kevin Durant is out there are the Brooklyn Nets? This is a team that I think a lot of people are surprised by. And I think obviously a lot of that stems from, uh, you know, the off court noise with this team. Durant had been playing as arguably an MVP as, as well as anybody else in the league when they are fully intact. How good is this Brooklyn Nets team in comparison with the others in the East? Yeah, I, I, can, I can be more concise with this one. I think at full strength, the Nets are number two or number three maybe four in the East, like Celtics one. And then I would almost have a tie for second between healthy Brooklyn, healthy Philly, healthy Milwaukee. So I think they're right there. Um, Durant specifically, I think is a borderline top seven player, which may sound, does that sound like too pessimistic on him? Like, I think a lot of people would have him better than that. No, I, I, when you say borderline, I guess you can see the, the, uh, you can see how people would think that is a, a negative. Yeah, but I like the 538 Raptor ratings have Kyrie Irving rated better than him right now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's I think Durant's passing gets overlooked because he's such like his shooting style is such a smooth shot that I think it makes him a little bit overrated just because he looks so good. He's like one of the most aesthetically 
appealing players to watch. And I think people just don't like Kyrie. I mean, I don't really have any opinions on Kyrie as a person, but as a player, I think he is roughly equal to Durant. He's really, really good. And as a passer, he's better. So I think that's where his value is made up. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've seen their offense kind of fall off in the games without uh, Kevin Durant out there. That's another totals angle uh, that I've been writing about a little bit is uh, the totals. And, you know, the market started to adjust a little bit before the market adjusted. Those Nets games were going under the total, uh, especially without Durant out there. But I also don't think the market really has adjusted to how decent I'll I'll say decent, how decent defensively uh, the Brooklyn Nets have become. Uh, since Jacques Vaughn has taken over. Matt, uh, hey, we are up against uh, our record time here, but I wanted to say real quick before we get you out of here, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. I I think this was a fantastic conversation, and I hope we can get you on again soon as the season gets closer uh, to the postseason. But that was great, and let people know one more time where they can find all your work. Yeah, it's at Preaching Sense on Twitter. uh, Same thing on YouTube. And, yeah, trade deadline's coming up, so there's going to be a lot more to talk about coming up. We will have you on again after that, Matt. Appreciate it again. Thank you very much for your time. Yep, thanks for having me. A reminder for all of you, too, make sure you check out our introductory offer over at vcin.com. Anybody who's not a subscriber now can check it all out for $9.99, and you get everything we have to offer with that $9.99 package. So if you're interested in what we have to offer, check it out right now. That includes all of our tools for betters out there. We have a nifty parlay calculator that I use all the time. We, of course... Have all of the odds available for you at every single sport of your desire. So you can check it out live odds screens for every one of your favorite sports. It includes NBA, Major League Baseball. When the season comes around, it's coming. National Hockey League and, of course, the National Football League as we are down to the Final Four and heading into the Super Bowl. And by the way, it is the best time to become a VEASAN subscriber. We will be live at the Super Bowl, VEASAN will, this year. So all of the coverage is going to be top-notch for your betting needs when it comes to the Super Bowl matchup between what I hope to be uh, any one of the NFC teams. Actually, no, I'll go with the San Francisco 49ers because I do believe that uh, maybe got some long shots here on some MVP candidates for the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals, who I've got a futures ticket on that I bet a couple of months ago. So my personal vendetta aside, make sure you check out everything we have to offer up at vcin.com. And please like, rate, review, and subscribe to Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.